and a lady, and you take one of these carnations, whatever color you want. And Sister Shirley, earlier this year, she had done, you know, she had some stuff that she wanted to give me to give to the ladies, and she thought maybe we could give it to all the ladies that went to the ladies conference. But we had so many ladies attend ladies conference this year, I didn't have enough. <laughs> so I said, well, I will use that for my Mother's Day giveaway. <gasps> now, every year we do this a little differently. But this year we're going to use the purse method. So if you have a purse, you're going to want to get it handy. Now, because I have a cat and a dog, I usually carry with me what I call the dehaler. Uh, and it, it's a taped up thing and you just roll it on yourself and get all the cat hair off. If you have a de-hairer with you, I have a prize for you. A de-hairer. You know this. <laughs> to get the hair off. A lens roller. A lens roller. Okay. <laughs> I call it the de-hairer. Anybody? Any animal lovers? I know you have one. <laughs> Do you have a de-error? Anybody? No. no. Okay, if you find one, you can let me know. Otherwise, is there anyone who your kids made you breakfast in bed this morning? <gasps> Misty. You win a prize. sewing kit. Does anybody have a band-aid? 
Okay, that's all I have for this morning. I have saved some for tonight. <laughs> all right. Well, um, while I'm looking something up, you can go in your Bible to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 and verse 12. I was looking up some cute things for Mother's Day, and this is now my second year of becoming a grandmother, so I found something that said, Blessed are those who spoil and snuggle, hug and hope, pray and pamper, boast and brag, for they shall be called grandmothers. And another one, it says, to the world you are a mother, but to your family you are the world. And if you have ever, if you've lost your mama, you know how special your mama is. When she is gone, there's nobody that can replace that mama. There are few things more powerful than the faithful prayers of a righteous mother. We know that... The prayers of a righteous man avail as much, but the prayers of a, a righteous mama, they, they prevail too. <laughs> a mother is she who can take the place of all others, but whose place no one else can take. So happy Mother's Day to all of our moms here. And for those who are just moms to our kids, because our kids have Sunday school teachers and just people they look up to, and we're thankful for everybody. Alright, our scripture is Judges 6, verse 12. Um, this talks about Gideon. And God gave me this uh, a while back ago. And I took it out because I figured it, it fit with some stuff that we're going through. And God said it was time. Um, an angel of the Lord sat under an oak tree waiting for Gideon. And then this is what happened. If you want to stand for the reading of the word, you can. Or if you want to stay seated, you can. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Next verse. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? The next verse. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Verse 16. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite Midianites as one man. Pastor, would you like to pray? Let's pray real quick. Father, again, we thank you for all the women that have influence over our children in this congregation. Lord, we give 
honor to them and treat them as mothers. God, we ask for your blessing upon this word. We ask that you to move in this place. We'll give you glory and honor for all of it, not because we're worthy, but because you are. We love you, Jesus, and we need you at this very time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. The title of my message today is Give Him the Glory. Um, glory, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's called it's a very great praise, honor, or distinction bestowed by common consent. I think it's pretty common consent in this place that we're going to give God all the glory. We give him all the praise and honor. Um, so in this scripture that we just read, it's talking about Gideon. And God is wanting Gideon to smite the Midianites. And he's kind of nervous about it. And he says, well, I'm my family's poor and, and we're just the least in Israel. He's making, starting to make excuses, you know. And the Lord said, surely I will be with thee and I will smite the Midianites. You will smite the Midianites as one man. When God's with you, nothing is impossible. God can do anything. Well, after a while, Gideon realizes that this is an angel of the Lord and the angel is going to tell him to destroy the tower uh, the altar of Baal, and so he does this. And in Judges 6, verse 30, you want to skip down to verse 30, it says, Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. They were angry with him. They were not going to let him get by with that. If you skip down to verse 33. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. 34. We're going to go through a lot of this real quick. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet and Abizer was gathered after him. Next verse. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher and to Zebulun, and came unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet him. So he was gathering tribes of Israel so that they could fight. And yet he was still a little nervous. Verse 36. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said... 37. Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon the earth beside it, then shall I now know that thou shalt save Israel in mine hand, as thou hast said. Because he was nervous. He said, I'm going to take this sheep's wool, and I'm going to lay it on the floor. And if it's wet, but everything around it in the morning is dry, then I'll know that I'm supposed to do this. So, the next verse. And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow and thrust the fleece together and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. It was all wet. And what, what was the ground? Nathan, 39. 
And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, and upon the ground let there be dew. Because maybe that was just a coincidence. You know, sometimes we get scared. I want to make sure that I'm doing what God wants me to do. So he said, okay, let's let the fleece be dry and all the ground around it. Let that be wet now. We'll switch it up. In the next verse. Oh, oh, and God, I'm sorry, you're doing this. And God did so that, that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. So God answered his prayer. He, he's saying, yes, this is what I want you to do. I want you to fight the Midianite. I'm with you. Um, Judges 7, verse 2. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand hath saved me. He had called all these people from the tribe of Israel, and he ended up having 32,000 people with him to fight. And God said, well, of course 32,000 people could probably win the fight. I don't want Israel to get the glory. I want the glory. And we want God to get the glory. So he said, you have too many. We're going to have to get rid of some of them. Next verse. Now therefore go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned to the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. Wow. They lost twenty-two thousand people, and now they only have ten thousand to go fight. And he was nervous in the beginning. <laughs> and yet, God said, that's still too many. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he's going to do another thing. So he brought down the people to the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the next verse. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink. So he started out with 32,000. He went down to 10,000, and now he's only got 300. He was nervous. <laughs> and the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men that laughed will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go every man unto his place. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man into his tent, and retained those 300 men, and the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. So here he is, 300 men, 
He's going to get ready to go fight. But he's you can imagine, he was scared before. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. And God said, Now's the time, let's go. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. There were tons of it. There was way more than 300. And their camels were without number as the sand of the seaside for multitude. So they've got all this stuff. And they've got 300 men and Jesus. <laughs> but with God, nothing is impossible. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow, and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, and came unto a tent, and smote it that it fell, and overturned it that the tent lay along. And what was the continuation of that, Nathan? And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the hosts. So he got a word from the Lord right before he was to go into battle, that God is on your side and it's going to be okay. So he had two fleeces, he had a word from God, and now it's time to go. And it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped. And he returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. He had some belief in him. He was ready now. He had faith. All right, and then we're going to skip down. Okay, here, did that. And it was so, when... Where are we? Okay. And he divided the 300 men. So they had three companies. A hundred's going to go on this side, a hundred's going to go with him in the middle, and a hundred on this side. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand so you can blow your whistle and be loud. And in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. So they, they all had a light. But they hid their light in a pitcher so that nobody could see. And they were sneaking up on it. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. I want you to just do whatever I do. When I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets, and they break the pitchers, that were in their hands. So they're making all this noise. And verse 20. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. 
verse 21, and they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And the host ran and cried and fled. They were scared to death. They thought, look at this huge army coming after us. They're loud and their lights are coming. And they came out of nowhere because they had hidden their lamps. So they were scared. And the 300 blew the trumpets and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. And the host fled to another place in the border, some other place. It doesn't really matter. They fled. So the key verse in all of this is Judges 7, verse 2. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. God is going to put you into a position at one time or another where he's going to take things away from you that you think you need because he wants the glory. Right, amen. We can't give him glory just if we can do it ourselves. Second Chronicles 16, Second Chronicles 16, verses 7 through 9. It says, And at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. He had relied on something else instead of God. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. When you did rely on God, he did deliver it. That's right. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Now Paul really to that verse. He's looking. He wants to show himself strong. Give him a reason. If what you needed to have happen could happen on its own, then God wouldn't get the glory. But if, if there's no way that it could happen on its own, then everybody knows it was God, and he gets the glory. When we got married, we found out that I was not going to be able to have children. And we went through a long process of that. And... I remember it was hard to even go to baby showers at one point in time because I just wanted a baby so bad it seemed like all the other ladies in church had a baby, except for me. And it got to be so bad. You remember reading in the Bible about Rachel and she told her husband, give me children or else I'm going to die. And he said, well, who am I? I'm not God. <laughs> So, my husband used to work nights. He used to work the night shift and about 11 o'clock at night. He'd be gone and I'd go to the living room and start praying. And one night I, I looked up the word barren. And if you look it up, there's Bible and it says, none shall be barren among you. And I said, God, 
That's in your word. That's your word. I didn't say that. You said that. I'm going to claim that right now in Jesus' name. And I felt like I had a promise from God at that moment that I would someday have a baby. And God changed it up a little bit. We were riding in the car one day and all of a sudden I had never had a vision before, but I was looking out the window and we were listening to preaching and it was like I was looking at a photograph of a little girl. I could see through it, but it was it was just like I like you just had your pictures taken at the store, you know, and got them back a little wallet sized photograph. There it was. And it was the weirdest thing. And a couple weeks later, I had told my husband about it. He had a same vision. He was praying with Brother David Ellenwood at their home. And it was like an, an angel biffed him. <laughs> he, was, he was praying, you know, down like that at the, at the chair. And all of a sudden, he just got hit and just went, boom. And he was laying on his back. And Brother David and I just looked at each other like, what in the world is that? And he's speaking in tongues and we're just watching him. And all of a sudden, and he was just dead silence for about a half an hour. And we just kind of quietly prayed, waiting for him to come out of whatever he was in. And pretty soon he came to and he said that he had had a vision. And he, it was... He and I, and we were walking hand in hand with a little girl in between us. We were walking up a sidewalk with green grass on both sides of the sidewalk to a big white building. And that's when we made the decision that we were going to adopt a little girl. And God made a way where there was no way. And he gave us Sophia. We had no money. He gave us the money. He had used up all of his vacation time. God gave him paid time off to adopt. More time than he even needed. He had three weeks of paid time off. He didn't use it all because we didn't need it. But God got the glory out of that. And then, as if that wasn't enough, God still held true to his promise to me. And one night when Brother Tipton came to Muscatine, Iowa, we just met him. He came up to the pulpit and he said, God changed my sermons. He said, he, he told me to preach, your promise has been delayed, but not denied. And I heard that, and I'm like, oh, that's for me. And every scripture he said was scriptures that I had been praying to God. I mean, it was just, it fit. It was so in order. And a month later, we found out that I was pregnant with Nathan. God is faithful. Amen. He's, he's given me so many blessings that I give him glory for. And now, even with this little Xander, now I have another little blessing, a grandson, to give him glory. Amen. You know, uh, something that I forgot to say was, when I was barren, to accentuate the fact that I was barren, my sister, I had two sisters, one of them had the exact same problems that I have, and she's never had children. But God is faithful. And my other sister, she had one when she was very young, but she ended up having some of the same problems that we both had. 
And she never was able to have any more. She always wanted to have a little girl and she couldn't. But look what God has done. Who am I that I should get to have such a blessing? Except that I know him and I believe that his word is true. This, this is for anybody. Anybody can have this kind of thing. I want my life to give him glory. Um, we were, I think we were in Storm Lake earlier this year. And there was a sermon. It was either in Storm Lake or it might have been on YouTube. I don't know. I listened to a lot of preaching. And one of the sermons, it was about how our life should give him glory. And I remember going to the altar that night and praying and saying, God, I want you to have the glory in my life. I want my life to just give praise to you. The problem is with that is that usually when he gets the glory, it's because you had to go through something and he helped you through it. And that's the part that we don't like. Um, the thing about miracles is that the only time you need one is because you're in trouble. You have to be in miracle territory to get a miracle. Um, he started talking about going full-time, or ministry. <laughs> and, and that's what's been on my heart all this week. Um, it started last Sunday. We, were, we came early to church. And he was looking at the books. That's always a fun thing to do. <laughs> and he's been giving you updates all year long. How, oh, we've put this much money in and, and we're saving up for when we go full time. And we've never missed a month until now. <laughs> last, last week he came here and he said, here, we can't put the money away. And, and I said, hmm. Well, it's not a coincidence that it's May. It's, it, this is the month. I mean, if we're going to do it, this is the month we've got to say yes. yes. I mean, and, and he's just trying to shake us up. Who do we believe? Whose voice are we going to listen to? I said, dear, this is a test. Yes. I know, but dear... So I have been hounding him all week. And he was telling him. He had told his boss that he, he was going to resign, but he had not written out his letter. He hasn't had time. So Monday night. On, on my our, night off. On our night off, I brought him. Well, I sent him here. And he wrote out his letter of resignation. But he didn't bring it in. He kept saying, well, my boss isn't there. My boss isn't there. Well, you need, I, he says, I can't just lay it on the desk. I said, well, it's got to get done. It's got to get done. I'm, I'm scared that he's going to back out of this is what I'm doing, you know. And I had, I mean, I, I'm human. Okay? I, I'm scared too. I am. But I was praying on Monday and it was so funny. I, if you were at church on Sunday night and you saw Sister Amy, <laughs> she had the joy of the Lord and she couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> and it was so funny because I was praying on Monday morning and I said, God, 
I don't want to ask you again if this is, I, it's like the story that we read. I don't want to put out another fleece. I know this is what you want us right. to do. Help them with my unbelief. <laughs> and every, I mean, everywhere I turn, people are saying, are you sure that's what you want to do? Because it's what I know it's what God wants yeah, us to do. Yes. And I started praying and praying and, and he he just said, I want the glory. And I started bawling and then I started laughing. <laughs> he gave me joy. He's given me joy to get through this process. Um, but on Friday when he came home. He came home and he, he brought me a dozen roses and he had gone to the candy store goodies and got me some special chocolate and he said, Happy Mother's Day. And then he said, but that's not all. And he gave me his phone and he let me read an email and it was from his boss. And his boss was sending out an email letting everyone know that he had gotten the letter of resignation and that he was no longer going to be there the next year. So he's like, there you go, dear. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> so then he went up and he took a nap. And I was cleaning the house and he came downstairs after his nap. And I thought he was going to cry. <laughs> he said, I said, what's wrong? He's like, I quit my job. <laughs> I said, he's like, I've never done it before. He's like, you don't quit your job until you already have another one that you're going to. I said, but you do have another one you're going to. Today is Mother's Day. 
Maybe God has given you an impossible gift of becoming a mother like he did for me. Maybe you have something in your life that seems right now like an impossible situation and nothing can fix it. But we have just heard how God can specialize in impossible situations. Whatever your situation is, if you give God the glory and give him praise for your storm, you can watch him take over and fix it. The hardest part is giving it to him because we think we got to hold on to it. But if we'll just give it to him and believe in him, he can fix it. Matthew 13, 58. It says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. We need to believe. We like to hold on to things even though we know we can't fix them. But just try giving it to him. Just try Jesus. Have faith in what he can do for you. This altar is open. Amen. Why don't you gather around the altar? In order to receive a miracle, you have to be in miracle territory. In order to receive a healing, you have to be sick. In order to receive deliverance, you have to have something you need to be delivered from. The sickness you feel is really just proof that God's about to do something great. The pain that you have is really just the evidence that something's being brought to the surface so that God can do miraculous things. Your failure is not failure to God. It's just proof that you need Jesus Christ. He specializes in broken hearts. He specializes in brokenness. John the Baptist's disciple came to Jesus one day and said, Are you here? Should we look for another? Jesus told him, Go, go tell them the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. Dead are raised. Those that have broken hearts are healed. So this is my proof that I am God. God specializes in you. Jesus, you receive all the glory. You receive all the honor. is proof that you're about to do something. Jesus. We love you. I've seen them put marriages back together. I've seen sickness be gone. I've seen the ones that everybody said would not make salvation become saved. 